and welcome to another episode of Kilroy is Here. Today we're joined by Matthew Fillion, author of the Indestructibles series. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So tell us first, tell us about your series. And did you start out wanting to write YA superhero books? Um, well, I actually ended up in YA by accident. I'd been um, writing uh, adult, actually I was writing um, uh, romantic dramedies, I guess, for, for a film. And I wanted to do something that wasn't a micro budget, um, you know, sort of navel gazing. I'm like, what's the exact opposite of that? I'm like, how about superheroes? Okay, we'll write superheroes. And then by the time the first book was finished, uh, the manuscript was finished, I'm like, I think this is YA. It just sort of ended up uh, landing, meeting all, checking all the boxes, I guess. Right. Um, but I, I mean, I was always, uh, it's a, it's a, I always say it's about a, a bunch of rookie superheroes kind of bumbling their way through figuring out how to leave the world better than they found it. Um, mm -hmm. And each book in the series is sort of a self-contained, you know, there's a, it, it's very, it's very superhero. Like there's the time travel book. There's the, um, <laughs> you know, the, the outer space uh, battle book. There's, you know, so each, each one kind of runs a, a sort of a classic theme of, of, you know, what you'd expect from comic books, but in novel form. And um, they just happen to be young characters. So YA was sort of a lucky accident. Mm. Um, how many books are in the series at this point? There's five in the main series um, mm -hmm. and a couple of spinoffs, actually. So I think there's <laughs> I think it's like nine books total, somewhere around there. Um, they're, they're all interrelated, but there's five in the main arc. Have you ever thought about adapting them into graphic novels or has anyone approached you about that at all? Um, it comes up all the time. It's um, the trick would be finding um, the right artist and finding an um, finding the budget because mm. uh, it's um, it's a lot of work to create the books into uh, into um, you know visual medium and I want to, I'd want to make sure the artist was getting their fair shake so it's sort of a combination of the two but I'd love it because it, it um, it's written to be cinematic so I think it would be a lot of fun to see it in comic book format mm -hmm. have you had any like talk about option I know it's like every author's dream right to get option for film but if did, if you've had like connections to the film industry, if that's how you started, have you thought about that at all? Um, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was actually approached by a studio that did not really have what it needed to make something like this happen, and I sort of was like, well, I'd rather if I'm going to sell the rights, I'd want to make sure that it was going to be done right. Um, and it was one of those eh, I just get a bad vibe off of it. But um, yeah. Uh, since then. Um, nothing's come up, but I also haven't really pushed for it. One of the things that I'd like to do is um, start looking for, instead of looking for a literary agent, I need to start looking for c contacts with sort of the entertainment on the whole and see if there's right. other other avenues. Cause I feel like there's enough material there that it could be, it could be a TV series, it could be a cartoon, it could be a film. I'm not sure how, what the best option would be, but I'd love to see it in another medium. Mm. Um, as fun as books are, it's kind of fun to see things come to life in other ways oh, too. Totally. Totally. Um, so tell us how you've been staying creative during this very strange time. Because I know personally for myself, it's been harder than I thought it would. I thought I would be getting a lot more done <laughs> than I am. <laughs> I actually, I got, I was lucky because I had a couple of like, I have no choice. I have to get this done deadlines <laughs> right at, right at the start. So the beginning of the pandemic lockdown, I was super fine because one of my things, I came out of journalism. So you hit a deadline. That's just the rule, right? right. Um, and But I will say I've slowed down considerably in the second half. Like once I hit that second <laughs> deadline, I'm like, all right, what next? And I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I want to sit here and wallow. <laughs> um, but I, I think part of it is just um, 
by nature, I don't like to be idle. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and uh, I was already working from home before this all began. So it really, there really wasn't a change to my, if, if anything, I had more time to not be uh, away from my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what happened was I burned out. Like it was like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing what I've always done. Only more of it. Um, and I kind of ran out of steam. Um, I don't know, like a month or a month, a half, month and a half ago. And I'm trying to figure out where to, how to get myself back on the horse. I think really it's just a matter of, um, giving, giving myself a new deadline. Right. <laughs> I think if, if I'm told, okay, you've got to have something done by the end of August, I will sit down and have something done by the end of August. But, um, it's always been, for me, it's always been, give, give me a date and I'll hit it. Um, and, uh, if I don't have a date to hit it, I can wander a bit. Right. And now do you have routine as a writer? Like, are you strict about your routines you set for yourself? Um, I, I have a pattern, but more than a routine. Mm -hmm. I, um, I usually, I don't write till after I've run because Mm -hmm. when I run, I kind of clear my head and I I actually will run scenes or run dialogue while I'm jogging. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's worked really well for me ever since the first book, even while I was doing film stuff, it was just, um, I tend to write at night because everything else is cleared out of the way. I don't have anything else hanging over my head. Um, and, uh, so my, my, uh, that pattern has, has been, um, more and more of a pattern, more of a routine. I also don't sit down to write blindly. I, I, I always have a plan like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to write this scene or this chapter or this section tonight. Um, I, I admire people who can sit down at a blank page and be like, okay, I'm going to work on something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I need to be like, Oh, I, not, I'm not working on something. I'm working on this thing right here. Um, and that's right. And if I don't have something on the docket, um, uh, I won't really, I won't, I won't force myself to sit down unless I have something like, unless I have a plan. Um, because then I feel, then I feel effective. Right. You know, if I, it, like I, I know I'm going to write this one scene or these two scenes and if I can keep going, um, I do think sometimes writing is, it has that, you know, um, object in motion kind mm-hmm, of thing where mm-hmm. you, you're there and, and you're already rolling downhill. You might as well see how far you can go. It's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really is getting the, the, that, getting that rock up over the hill. And, and then, then, then once things, once things are, are rolling, it gets a little easier from there. So it's true. I find I'm like terrible sort of with my own time management. Like it, whenever I have the free time. I never capitalize on it because I'm never in the mood like at that yeah. point. And so it's just, it's really, it's hard because if I'm not in the mood, it's not going to come out good. So yeah. it's a tricky balance, especially when you work a full-time job. It's definitely a tricky balance. Yeah, um, I, I, um, and the mood thing, it's a lot of times what I find is I have to actually be like, yeah, you don't want to, but you have to, <laughs> you know, true. and, and, um, and I like, there's a, I have a lot of conversations with myself, like, just do it. <laughs> like, I'm just kind of like kicking myself in the butt, like just sit down and write the scene Philly. And, um, and then I actually think because I can, I can, I can kind of shame myself into writing. And then when I have, <laughs> when I have, when I have off days, right. um, it makes it a little bit, I'm a little less guilty. Like, Oh, well you wrote enough yesterday. You're okay. Like it's, um, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of shame involved in me getting work done. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, so tell us what you're currently working on. Um, I am actually working on a prequel to The Indestructibles. Um, mm-hmm. There's an older character, um, sort of the mentor, and uh, he's been more popular than I was expecting. And he's also been someone that um, because he's it's not his story; it's their story. Mm-hmm. It's the kids, um, and. 
I've always had in mind I wanted to write his origin story. And uh, it just sort of seemed like the right time to do it because the, after the fifth book, every book is kind of, every book's like, okay, you could finish here. Well, maybe there's another story. You know, like each, it's it's not written to be like um, uh, I don't I don't do cliffhangers. Each one is sort of right. intended to be finite. And then you know, well, maybe I got one more. Maybe I got one more. And I, I, rather than go back, I've always wanted to go forward. But after the last, um, the most recent book came out last year, mm-hmm. like I think it's time. I think I want to talk tell Doc Silence's story. And um, and it's funny because the first part of it is in a genre that I never wanted to write and i've never wanted to write coming of age like that's just that's just mm-hmm. eh, it, that's 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 like you know english lit class college it's right the part i didn't enjoy and um but the opening arc and it's being written um in vignettes rather than as a like as one long over overarching cool. story um which is by the way is a great way if, you, if you're having trouble sitting down like and writing a big picture thing like writing stories writing a book in vignettes it's like okay i can do 8,000 words, right. <laughs> you know, like I don't have to do 80, right. I can do, um, and that's actually been kind of fun during the pandemic because like, okay, if I can just, if I can just finish this one vignette <laughs> and then I can take a week and, and think about the next one. And that's actually been a very um, unexpectedly pleasant change of pace rather than being like, okay, I'm writing towards this big bombastic end. I write these big action sequences and this has been, it's a very tiny story so far. So um, that's the, that one. And then I've got, I've been working on, um, one of the spinoffs was sort of a, an experiment. Um, there was there original. It was originally um, digital novellas, and then uh, every three digital novellas uh, there'd be a print um, mm-hmm. collected edition. Um, and the second set of novellas, the first one came out this year, and now I've got to sit down and write part two, and it'll be part five and six. You know, the next two um, little novellas that'll be. That's on the on the plate, so more in the plotting mm-hmm. stage than in the writing stage of that. I'm, I'm uh, I, I can't. I'd be lying if I said I was actively working on it, but I'm sort of actively planning it. Mm. Yeah, I tend to think about things a long time before I start writing at all. Yeah, it, um, that, I feel like it helps. It helps to so you're not staring at a blank page. Like right. you kind of have a you have a if you if you kind of have a. Are you more of a plotter or a pantser yourself? Me, I'm a plotter. Um, mm-hmm. I but I, you know sometimes I end up pantsing because <laughs> like a, a character will pop up out of nowhere and I'll have to see it through. Um, so, but I do like to have a plan and an outline. Like I just decided to turn my first book into a trilogy, so mm. I did. I plotted out the second and third books, and now I just have to do the writing. Um, but as you know, like that's not even the hardest part. The hardest part is the marketing that comes yes. after. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? I, I always say to newer writers, they're like, oh, writing's so hard. I'm like, no, 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 no. Enjoy yeah. the writing part. <laughs> that's the fun part. It's the, the, the hard part comes later. <laughs> yes. So speaking, segue. <laughs> yes. So Very smooth. I know the Comic-Con events were a huge part of your marketing and fan oh, yeah. with your series. And so now what are you doing to offset that? I still haven't quite figured it out because I, the, my two biggest events only got canceled about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. not even. Um, and I was sort of in a holding pattern. I was, I, sadly, I was actually hoping they would get canceled because I didn't want to have to make the choice. Mm-hmm. Um, not hoping for them because I want, you know, I want them to be there next year. Right. I don't want them to, to, to collapse or, but, um, they comic cons already there's already uh, have you ever heard of con crud no 
it has a name. Like everybody gets sick at Comic Con. That's what happens. They oh. call it. I caught the con crud, and you go home, and it's like the flu, uh, because you've got a bunch of people crammed into a tiny space or right. a big space. But you know, there's there's always more people than than um right. And uh and and I was like nightmare scenario, an event that already has a reputation for people coming away with you know catching a cold or or catching the you know getting sick. Um, I was just, I was like, I really just don't want to have to make the call because I, either I'm voluntarily right. not going or, um, or I'm going and putting myself at risk. So yeah, they, yeah. so my, um, I'm trying to do more online events. There's a lot more. I've taught, um, some writing classes on zoom, which is nice. way, way more fun than I thought it would be. I thought I'm like, Oh God, not, not more online, you know, <laughs> but, um, but doing more, you know, outreach through digital platforms, um, it's it's not perfect, but it's mm-hmm. something, yeah. um, because I, those really were my the, especially the summertime. Right. The summer shows were my. Um, uh, I, I would have people come back every year, and and even then, like reaching out, like, hey, do you usually buy buy the latest book in um, at at Comic Con? Here's a, a link to get signed. You know, you can get personalized copies. You don't have to wait till next right. year, um, because there are people that would come back every single year, which is great. Um, but that is great. It, Mm-hmm, um, but it is it's you don't want to lose them and um, how do you see these events like changing to adapt to this new way of being if things don't get squared away you know within the next year um well i so it's funny are because... they doing anything did like are they doing digital versions of the event because i know some some places have turns their events digital uh, some have um some of them are doing some of the it was funny is a lot of the um the the stuff that the draws you know like i'm i have people come see me but i'm not really the draw right it's usually like it's you know captain merrick is there he's the draw um so uh but they're doing you know uh ticketed uh conversations with the celebrities they're doing you know um autographs uh, online autographs and stuff like that so there's a little bit of stuff like that i i don't i'm curious to see how they manage to to stay afloat because they're doing sort of digital cons i know a lot of them like um I don't know if San Diego's done it, but some of the bigger shows where announcements are made, um, like about movies or TV shows, they're actually doing online streams. Right. Like essentially, like um, it's, it's Hall H um, with its big uh, announcements for the year. We're going to do it online, and you can sign up to you know with limited on limited quote air quotes limited online seating. Right. <laughs> um, so they're doing these things, and I'm hoping it's enough because. Um, I want the. I would hate to to see them go. What was strange was we were actually a lot of us were like this is way too many cons than the market can support right. long term, um, and we thought it would be attrition. Like we had the, we'd have the conversation every year. Like how many of them are going to like at some point the bubble is going to burst, mm. and I figured it would be a financial bubble, not right. a pandemic. Right. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I I actually could see a lot of the smaller shows falling away. The ones that have the reserves. Mm. Um, getting uh surviving um i have no idea i think it's going to depend on if if there's a vaccine or if, or if um, i know and we we may end up going two years without a show and mm. and i could see a lot of them not coming back after that the bigger ones will find um it'll be a huge event when we're actually allowed to get back together right. again you know like san diego and new york and even the one in boston is pretty significant like i think those guys will still be ready um but i mean 
And the, the, the hilarious part is everybody wears, you know, it's comic, it's uh, comic con. It's, yeah. Uh, half the people there are in masks anyway. Right. You know? it's true. <laughs> so it's sort of, like, I can't tell you the number of people I had met multiple times and didn't know what they actually looked like because oh, they're already funny. in a mask. So, I mean, I, I could definitely see just, you know, masks and social distancing being built into some of them. Um, the other question there is they're used to selling X number of tickets, but if they've got social distancing rules and can only have half as many attendees, will they even bother to hold the show? Yeah. Um, so I, I am anxiously awaiting to see how things evolve because, right. um, I not and you know they're great for marketing, but I, I love the the reader interaction. Um, right, like that's actually you have people uh, showing the, up dressed as your characters. That's awesome. yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that like makes me really jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it's um it's surreal. Like I, uh, I've had people show up and then I won't realize it. Like one of the, one of my characters wears red tinted lenses, and this uh, young kid walks up to me and he's wearing red tinted red tinted glasses. <laughs> and the Daredevil was big that year. Yeah. And and Daredevil, when he's not Daredevil, is wearing red sunglasses. And um, I look up and I'm like, Daredevil, oh my God, it's one of my characters. Like, it took a full like <laughs> 10 seconds for it to process. And um, and that, I mean, that's great for the ego, but it's also, I'm going to miss like that sort of excitement yeah. of like seeing people dressed up. Um, that same kid came back as a totally different character this past year too. Mm-hmm. Um, with with hand-built costuming and stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's a hoot. Um, so, yeah, the, like marketing without that, I'm uh, we're we're all kind of learning. All of us in the in the nerd zone <laughs> over here. Like, what do we do? Um, um, so you mentioned also speaking of like role play, <laughs> yeah. segue, You mentioned you've been running online RPG games to help people yeah. who are having a hard time during this period of isolation. So tell tell us about that. Yeah, um, I mean it's funny because. Um, I wrote a novella for the main series, um, uh, the, the indestructible series, where they get trapped in what it's essentially a knockoff Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and it was a comedy, like it was a short. I didn't plan on, I planned on being a short story. It went a little long. I'm like, okay, it's a novella. Um, and so I had that kind of on the mind anyway. And, um, and then it's gotten so much more socially acceptable. I guess to, to play now. Mm-hmm. And so I started like, well, you know, I, if anybody ever wanted to play and I had, a, I had people who had never played before, like, Hey, you wrote that thing. You, we know, you know, how you, you might not tell us, <laughs> we know you know how to run a game. We do it for us. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Well, I miss playing. I haven't played since I was, you know, I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was before the pandemic. And then, um, so I was, you know, uh, running a couple of groups and then, with the social isolation, I'm like, well, that's it. Games are over. We'll never do it again. Right. And, and, uh, but we start, you know, like, well, let's try it on Google Hangouts. And I moved to Zoom and we, and, um, it became, it went from like once a month or, or longer, um, to being like, I need people. I need to talk to other human beings and I need to talk to them not about what's going on in the wor- real world. Right. Um, and it was really what was, what was interesting was there was one day it was one of, it was a very particularly bad week in the news and one of the players was like you know it feels really silly playing this game um with when this other things like it, it we're being irresponsible we're just you know we're, it, we should be doing something with the, the world the world outside and a couple of players were like this is the only thing keeping me going right like it's the only outlet i have where i'm not worried all the time and and suddenly I'm like, I became like the defender of like, this is not, 
This is not us goofing off. This is not us playing pretend. This is us ventilating mm -hmm. our minds, you know, to get out of, to get out of um, the fear and the anxiety and um, just the, the perpetual worry. And a couple of players um, were like, you know, this is borderline, like keeping me from self-harm. Like if I'm without, without this, this human interaction, um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'll do with myself. Right. And I've ended up kind of making that part of like, I have to make sure that I'm available. I want like, even if people need, need some time by themselves. Right. Um, I can't let the groups go. Um, because for some people it really is keeping them on their feet. Um, and it's, it's weirdly therapeutic. It's funny pl playing pretend with <laughs> adults on zoom is weirdly therapeutic. That's so funny. That's, well, escapism at its best, right? <laughs> it really is. And you know what? It, and, and as much as I love, you know, reading or watching TV or watching movies, like it is, it's social too. And it's like, it's healthy. It's harmless. You get to do. And I had actually, I was reading up on it and, and they found that the brain chemistry reacts the same way. I believe the example is that like, whether you really kill the dragon or if you kill the dragon and pretend your brain chemistry reacts the same way to that victory or that, <laughs> oh. that excitement. And we're really tricking our brains, which is what playing pretend is anyway. Right. Um, we're, we're tricking our brains into releasing the good chemicals. <laughs> and, right. and, and, um, and it's actually, it's, it's, it turns out it's being used as an education tool. It's being used as, um, as a therapeutic tool already. I, sort of knew about this but i've been learning more and more about it because it it's therapeutic for people in my own life right um yeah it's been um and even i like I, 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 there are days i just don't want to i'm very you know we're writers you know like i just don't want to talk to people i just yeah. want to talk to humans <laughs> you know like i just want to i just want to close my office door with my computer and just, but i'll force myself to sit down for a couple of hours and run a game and I'm like and it's it's a, it's therapy. It's a, it's, um, it, it, I, I come out of better, uh, a, 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 in a completely better mental state than I did before it. It's also been incredibly useful for, um, uh, world building and getting my brain yes. in the writer's zone too. I was just going to ask that if it's helped with your create creative process. It, it really has. I, I've actually decided that every writer should try it. Um, at least, uh, at least once because, other players will ask like first of all if you think running um if you think uh there's that joke of like oh my characters did something i didn't anticipate mm -hmm. you know like <laughs> you, you think you think you're the fictional characters in your head are unpredictable <laughs> let other people control those characters and see what happens um and it it's it's um there's a certain like you have to let go of the control of the story mm -hmm. Um, and sh you're sharing control of the story and it's so collaborative that it's, it, in a lot of ways has made me a better writer because you let go of like trying to like have a stranglehold on every piece of the story right. um, and letting these other brains, um, you know, they'll ask things about, about a city or a location or a religion. And I've got to come up with, um, sorry, it's my dog yelling. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you know, but they'll ask details about the world that I hadn't considered. And I'm like, okay, now I have to consider this. Right. And, um, and it's actually had a positive impact on my, my world building for my writing too, because they're asking things that I do have answers to. I just don't know yet. 
or if I don't have answers, I will find them or I will make them up, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and it's been, I mean, there's, there's, there's the pay, there's the, the you know, the, the return on investment, I guess, of, of, for the time of like, it's not just, it's not just um, adults playing pretend. It really is like a creative thing. And that, I've actually taught a, a class on using, using these games as a way to expand your, um, uh, your writing skills because awesome. uh, it's it's uh it's unexpectedly useful. I did not think I thought it was just I thought it was just a, a thing. You know, I just thought it was like goofing off, and it's become professionally rewarding as well as sort of you know mental health rewarding too. I love that. Where do you teach the classes through? Uh, I taught it through the Salem Athenaeum. Oh, um, nice! It's nice. a library up here. I'm on their I'm on the writers committee, and which has been fascinating too because it's like we did programming mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you do programming when you can't right exactly get in the same building so i was supposed to teach this live right before the pandemic we canceled it and then they asked like would you want to try it online i'm like i'll do anything online at this point you know like, um let's see what um see how it turns out and um and yeah it was that was a lot more um engaged the the, the class is more engaged than i was expecting to like it was like um, I didn't quite know what to expect from them. Um, but then again, you know, running these games is all about improv, improv anyway. Right. Um, uh, it, it sort of helps you be a better teacher too, because it's what are the needs of the people around the table? How do I meet them? And how do I make sure I'm having a good time while I'm doing it? Hmm. Um, yeah. So that uh, it was, I forget what we called it something, um, but it was that whole idea of losing, not losing, but relinquishing control. Right. Um, because as a writer, we hate, we hate to lose control over our project. <laughs> yeah, right? I and know. This, this, and, um, and sharing the burden of storytelling, um, which is, is pretty wild. I'm, I'm actually, um, I'm going to come out of this part of my sort of professional development as a very different writer mm-hmm. uh, because of what I've done um, with these groups. Interesting. So now what's your advice for other writers who are struggling to stay inspired and creatively motivated right now? Um. You know, I would actually say that if, especially if you are a writer, um, if not, even if you're not professionally, but if you're working in a very specific, like if you're writing a very specific type of book or manuscript, you know, um, now's a good time to mess around with something you wouldn't ever think was your genre mm-hmm. or your, your medium. Um, we get all the time in the world. We can't go out, <laughs> you know? Um, and I would say like it, there's there's a lot of opportunity here for sort of wallowing, mm-hmm. you know, and you know t- instead of um, sitting there being frustrating frustrated with what the world's throwing at us, um, it's a lot more fun to like have some just just go go experiment with some words, go throw some words on the page, mm-hmm. um, uh, or, and especially because the other thing too is because it's so easy to lose your schedule in this, you know. Um, right. We're not, we're, we're at home. And if you're working from home, like suddenly, suddenly the work day went from, you know, 10 hours to 24. Right. You know, um, but I've always said je- uh, jealously guard your writing time. Mm-hmm. But um, I would say like it's doubly so now because even though you can't leave, everybody knows where to find you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, like if, don't be afraid to close the door, sh- uh, shut off your, um, your notifications and just like, this is your time to write. Um, 
it's 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 you almost feel bad because we can't go out and see people that you have to be available all the time. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's, and and it's okay. It's totally okay to not to not. You know. Um. Awesome. This is great. So tell everyone where they can find your books. Um. Well, I'm, uh, I've got my website, MatthewFillion.com, uh, two T's, two L's. Uh, and, and um, you know, all the usual places, Amazon's usually the easiest place to find it. That's, you know, we, we independent authors are always, uh, unfortunately, easiest to find on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, ha- and I'm on, uh, I'm sort of relentlessly on Twitter uh, as a writer uh, at Matt Fillion. Um, always easy to find there because... Why, why, why would I ever shut the world off, right? <laughs> I just told you to, to, told you to shut the notifications off. I'm like, hey, if you ever want to find me about to, and talk writing, I'm, uh, I'm always there. Um, but yeah, those are sort of the easiest places to find me. Um, and it's uh, the three series are The Indestructibles, Echo in the Sea, and The Dungeon Crawlers, or the two, the, the two spinoffs, too. They're all sort of interwoven in the same world. Awesome. Um, Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining today. This was so much fun. This is great. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Yeah, me too.